You better watch out. 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 You <laughs> to be honest explain what happened first of all this young ghost flew to my room <laughs> and took me to past and showed oh. me what a dickhead I was what and was your past like was it just last week <laughs> <laughs> it's t- I can't talk about Hamish your, your dark origin my story. dark origin story that's for okay. another day that's, that's, that's too that's too much yeah and then this giant ghost came and showed me how depressing my life is now. <laughs> I, mean, I don't need I a ghost like, for that. I was like, why tell me this? I know this. And then the Grim Reaper came and was like, look, that's your grave. And I was just like, are you telling me I don't get a mausoleum? <laughs> so I was thoroughly depressed. Yeah. And how, do, you, do you feel like it's changed your view of Christmas? No. <laughs> I still like it. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's good. Um, my Christmas was. Um... <laughs> Can you beat mine? <laughs> um, well, I was just going about my day, um, trying to balance the chaos of you know being a divorced dad who has to raise a son, <laughs> also with like you know my job. Um, and just like, screw Christmas, I'm not going to do a proper one. I took my son to um, Arby's or whatever, which we don't even have in this country, so that's, that, that's something. Um, and then I saw this guy climbing on the roof, and he was dressed like Santa, because there's a lot of idiots around. That's moment. a good cover for Thieves' Tumblr. It is, it is. Well, not really. Unless... Do you, do you believe in Santa? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, believe in? He is real. Um, Santa's a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I called to him and he fell off. And uh, I think he might have died. I think I might be... You killed Santa. I think I might mean. have killed Santa. So that's why I got no presents. <sighs> and so. what happened next, you will not believe. Um, anyway. <laughs> in truth, we have to come clean. This house is clean. <laughs> And we have to uh, say that we're actually recording this pre-Christmas. Yeah. Uh, Christ has not yet been born. Um, Christ will not yet rise again. Christ is, needs another five minutes. Um, and uh, we're sorry. So we lied. It's just, it's just no, scheduling. No content in our show has ever been a lie. Or ever been a fabrication. No. Of the truth, we other always, than that fact. Yeah, we always bring you the cold... Hard 
dead fucks. <laughs> very cold. Um, I was thinking, actually, I, very briefly, before saying the poltercast... What's, what's good, you think? <laughs> um, well, because there is another pol- podcast called The Poltercast. Um, talk about them, Hamish. <laughs> and, you know, they're very, very different, and they, they've not done... I couldn't tell if it was still going or not. Um, anyway, briefly, I was going to I suggest The Cold Spot. <laughs> as our name oh, I like that one episode in season one the cold wet spot oh <laughs> the damp patch <laughs> the damp patch <laughs> with the damp patch <laughs> um with the damp patch in your lives there's a lot of you know you might have seen some snowmen when it was snowing earlier this month um but now they are just put damp patches oh yeah did you get um very much snow in London we got a lot yeah because I got I got snowed in where I was actually. Oh wow! Yeah, I went. Dream. Yeah, I went staying with um, one of my oldest friends in Aylesbury, that illustrious town, and uh, I, have to, I have to get the bus there. And it snowed over the night I was staying, and they weren't running all the next day, so I had an extended. Hmm. But it, and the bus home wasn't heated, and it was freezing, and it was awful. That's and, not good. No. The literal, you know, the Simpsons episode when Bart needs another day to write his book report thing and he asks for a miracle and then it snows so school is cancelled but then he has to like fight the fact that everyone's having fun in the snow that literally happened to me because I was a day you know a few days late on my deadline for my comic which I've been pulling a lot of all-nighters and working every hour I can working very hard and then it was a snowy day, and Justin was off work, and he was like, snow, snow, it's snowing, oh my gosh. And he's Australian, so he's never seen it. And um, he was like, you know, well, but I had to stay in and work. Not that I really want to go out, I don't really like the cold. <laughs> Actually, anyway. Um, shall we get onto some ghost stories? Yeah. And I'm only saying that because I don't have to go first this time. Yeah. So, my first story, it doesn't have as great a title as last week's because I couldn't think of one I just call it Ghosts of the Hellfire Caves what? that's amazing that sounds like every Vincent Price film is mashed together I know but I just couldn't think of puns that's why I was sad I don't lean into pun I go for creep Mm. so all I could think of was the song from Hunchback (laughs) (laughs) Hellfire Hellfire best song Darkfire Gypsy slur, I won't say. <laughs> oh, I did say it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Shut it out, Hamish. I'll, I'll bleep it. Bleep it. I'll bleep it. <clears throat> anyway, this story begins with a man called Sir Francis Dashwood. Or to go by his full title, the Right Honourable Francis Dashwood, 11th Baron de Dispenser. <laughs> That's him calling it. Oh, sorry. Is that right? Yeah, it's just... Baron. No, it's my friend talking about video games. <laughs> um, he lived from 1708 to 1781 and was the Chancellor of the Exchequer, Chancellor of the Exchequer. for a year. Oh. <laughs> yeah. right. But more interestingly, he was a rake, not the garden kind, who loved using his considerable fortune. What's the sorry? What, what's, what's the other kind? It's like um, it's like the old yoldy version of. Guys from Maiden Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, continue. I'm sorry. Do you know, like, I Ho- fully understand now. Do you know, like, those Hogarth paintings called A Rake's Progress, and it's about a rich guy who basically 
throws all his money away. Sort of like okay. with wenches and gambling. So it's not a job. No, it's just it's a, a lifestyle. Pastime. Yeah, it's a life choice. Go on. Um, but alright. Um, yeah. So he is like using his considerable fortune to have a good time with his other rich friends, usually in the form of various clubs. Mm-hmm. First, he founded the Dilettante Society in seventeen thirty-three for lovers of classical art and the Divan Club in 1744 people who had visited the Ottoman Empire or who maybe just lounged around a lot I mean <laughs> they just like to lounge on divans I don't know so it's a club for people who had visited the Ottoman Empire or like to lounge about well I mean I added the lounging about bit because it's a bit yeah. oh okay well it's like those Facebook groups which are just like <laughs> halloumi memes for yeah. gloomy teens yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so after the after developing a great dislike for the Roman Catholic Church while on the typical rich boys holiday of the time known as the Grand Tour <gasps> sorry I know a lot about the Grand yeah. Tour Continue. he decided to really give it to the Vatican by founding another club oh, do I just get rid of this message <laughs> sorry everyone just getting a message from the other side <clears throat> he called this club the Knights of St. Francis of Wickham. Their first meeting was on Walpurgis Night in 1754 at his family home in West Wickham before, re- before he renovated and moved into the nearby Medmin... I don't know how you say it. Medminum Abbey. The club's motto was excuse my French Fesica to Voudra or do what thou wilt. That was better than my whole Napoleon episode. <laughs> and it was placed above the doorway in stained glass. Underneath the abbey, Dashwood had a cave dug out, and it was made into a whole like cave system, um, with many chambers that went deep underground, decorated with mythological themes and phallic symbols. <laughs> there were shrines and statues to pagan gods, and other magical bits and bobs but mainly it was just Harry Potter room yeah um, members were called each other brother and their leader abbot and they met twice a month moving more f- frequently to the caves um, taking part in rituals drinking banqueting and wenching I love wench as a verb mm. <laughs> these scandalous activities earned the club another name the hellfire club and the caves the hellfire caves and you can visit them i'm i've heard this before mm. but not the story at all but like well, also i got a picture of them um, they have a pretty crazy front door isn't it oh, i've not got a picture of that i got a picture of francis dashwood and because he because he liked to show how like anti-church he was he had a picture of him like saint francis assisi but like oh wow he's also he is good friends of the earl of sandwich I mean, everyone wants to be friends with him. Free you subway. Guar- <laughs> you guaranteed lunch. Um, so, what, the first... Uh, there's, there's a couple of most notorious uh, residents, shall I say, <laughs> who have gone past their subway date. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's to say. Who have expired residents. Um, one of them... Is Paul Whitehead. He was both the steward and the club poet. 
Not many nice. pups can claim to have a poet, I think. I don't think Halloumi meme. Halloumi memes has a poet. If no. Um, but perhaps more importantly, he was rumoured to be Dashwood's lover. Oh, now I'm interested. Mm. When, <laughs> when Whitehead died in 1774, he left £50 as a special request that he have his heart as a... T- that he, is in Dashwood, have his heart as a token of his... of his warm effect- attachment to the noble founder. That's nice. I um, Sounds gay. It sounds pretty gay. I mean, the, the, the tunnels of phallic symbols wasn't yeah. um, a tell, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> well, they did. They had a lot of um, l- ladies of the night visiting, and they, they used ritual as an excuse for um, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dashwood did so, going so far as to build a mausoleum on top of the hill to contain it. That was until 1829, when... An Australian. <gasps> no, I'm doubly interested. Dun, dun, dun. Taurus stole it, and it has been gone ever since. Oh. But now, poor Whitehead is still spotted wandering the caves and hillside, clutching his chest where his heart should be. Well, you know, gays can be anything they want. They can be ghosts. <laughs> that's <laughs> it. That's your only option. Yeah. They, they did bury their gays. Oh my god. <laughs> Is this a sequel to Harold? Yeah. Their ghosts. <laughs> um, but the Hellfire Caves are home to another soul even more tragic than poor Whitehead in his search for his missing heart. Down at the nearby village of West Wickham worked a young barmaid called Susan. This is the third season we've had on this show. <laughs> now nicknamed Suki, who is popular with the local lads with who, but who she had all turned down. Was it because she had a great personality and was really funny? No. <laughs> Popular in a different sense. Yeah. Oh. Um, she was pretty. Um, but she had her eye instead on being whisked away from simple village life by a wealthy gentlemen, a number of which often passed through the pub en route to Dashwood's gatherings, and also it's on the main coach route from London to Oxford. Mm-hmm. So you'd get a lot of these fancy sorts stopping by for the night. Um, she took a liking to one type in particular, which spurred on the jealousy of the local boys, who decided to take revenge. They wrote her a fake letter from her gentleman, asking to meet her at night in the Hellfire Caves, in the dress fitting to marry in, since he wanted to elope with her. Mm-hmm. Susan, thrilled at, about this, and obliged, arrived in the caves, but... Arrived at the caves just to face the laughter of the boys she had spurned. Angry, she picked up gravel off the cave floor and flung at her tormentors, who retaliated in kind. Tragedy struck as one boy threw a larger stone by mistake and she took a blow on the head. She, they returned her to her quarters at the Georgian Dragon, but Susan was found dead in her bed the next day. Now her spirit wanders the caves in the very dress she had hoped to become a married woman in, screaming for help. So a ghostly bride. Mm. Ooh. Maybe her and the uh, the guy can become ghost... Ghost friends. Ghost friends. Yeah, maybe they can do a podcast about mm. the living. <laughs> like, ooh. <laughs> um, that's it. Oh! Sorry, that's all I've got. Shorter than I thought it was. Hellfire. It's not that short. That's Dumb. delightful. So you say you can visit them? Yeah, you can visit them. They've got, like, a map 
of like the layout of the caves on the plan stuff. There's quite a few good pictures, so I'll tweet them. Cool. I've I mean I've been to the Paris catacombs. Um, They're the ones that have like all the skulls and stuff. It is the Skelly Tunnel. Mm. That's the Bone Zone. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's great. It's a, it's piles and piles and piles of skeletons, and they've. Uh, it's like a whole story about why they're there. They literally were just um, overflowing with dead, with like all these cemeteries, all these like tiny little niche Parisian cemeteries were just bursting at the seams so we just started dumping them underground and then they thought they could make money off of it being a tourist attraction so they started arranging them in like nice way. Like (laughs) like, honestly some of them, like there's skulls like arranged in hearts and stuff. Um, But there's a few ghost stories there as well as you'd probably imagine Mm -hmm. somebody building them one day. But I'd love to go through the Hellfire Caves and see those phallic sculptures. Yeah, like, apparently, like, um, in the caves, at the back, there's, to get to the very last chamber, I think it was called the Ritual Chamber, you have to literally cross the River Styx, as Hmm. they named it. Um, And back in the day, like, you had to cross by boat, but there's a bridge now. Um, (laughs) I like, I, I hope that the other side has pride. That's like a. I like to go to Ghost Pride. Anyway, that was terrible. Um, not your story, my <laughs> joke. Uh, I'll tell you my one. Um, I haven't gone for a spooky yeah. um, title. I haven't gone for a funny title. Mine's called. Just gone for a title. Isabel and Emily. Or a gay title. It's not very gay. Mm. Two girls, one. Title. Body. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Okay. Right. Isabel and Emily. And, by the way, this is the ghost of Christmas present. Oh. Even though it's from 2008, so ten years ago. And this is airing after Christmas. We are 2000 late. Um, (laughs) We're very 2008. Yes, and also, yeah, it's post-Christmas. every way. Look, I gave myself some structure just to make my searches a bit easier. Anyway, so um, this is... Everything you do is in the past. I can't actually do something present, but... I thought I didn't. I done enough castles and spooky houses. I want to do something modern. We can live in the present Hamish. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) I just I was blown away by that advice. Okay, so this story, this real thing, (laughs) uh, happened in Baltimore. Good Um, morning, Baltimore. That was happening just down the road, but this was two thousand eight. Musical might have been on. The musical might be on, yes. Um, I hope these people got to see it after they uh, went through this harrowing ordeal. So, Laurel and Brian Pormensky were a married couple who had been trying for a baby and had three heartbreaking miscarriages, but they finally had a little girl called Isabella, who they considered their miracle child. Um, And by the time she was five, she was far brighter and way ahead of anybody in her class. Um, the family felt that they needed to move from their small apartment and began house hunting, but few houses seemed to be in their budget, except for one. It wasn't the house of their dreams, but it was much cheaper than the others in the area, and the previous owner had only been living there a year and agreed to pay for all the closing costs. I don't know what that means, because I never bought a house, but I assume it's good news. Um, because the deal was too good to be true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's some nice ASMR there. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do a... We'll do some ASMR at the end. 
some ghost themed ones. And this is ectoplasm. <laughs> no. ASMR stands for apparition spooks. Real. Manifestations. Manifestations. Okay. And roller derby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The first thing the family wanted to do when they moved in was redecorate. Uh, Brian took about trying to paint over the deep red walls, but no matter how much paint he put on top, the red always seemed to bleed through the next day. Um, Little Isabella seemed very happy, almost suspiciously happy. She began laughing to herself while playing in her bedroom. And every night, when her parents carried her up the stairs, along the hallway to her room, she'd wave night-night to the attic door in the ceiling. (laughs) Even though she'd never been up there. Laurel and Brian started overhearing her talking in her room. They thought she was playing with her dolls, but her conversations were not always pleasant. She seemed angry, upset, and accusatory. She started saying how naughty someone was and how they'd be in trouble. Mm. She had a very, and when they looked through her door, she had a very fixed stare. She was never looking at her dolls. She was always looking at something right beside her. Something invisible. I used to do that. And something named Emily. Mm. You Did you have an imaginary friend? I had an imaginary friend. Please tell. Uh, she was called Ballerina. <laughs> but my mum said I used to, she would hear me talking to myself. Mm-hmm. And she'd just go in my room, I'd be there chatting away. Yeah. And um, I do remember, like, because I had other imaginary friends who I remember imagining, if you know, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, but then I remember, I, I don't remember that with her, I just remember that she was there. And then I distinctly remember the reason she had to leave was because her parents wanted her back. Ooh. But, like, she wasn't, like, obviously, like, malif- malicious or anything. See, but I we have... always suspect. And also, my mum... She ended up going along with, like, some psychic once. Mm-hmm. Like, years, like, a few years ago, but when I was growing up by this point. And she said that the psychic had been asking, like, um, all day to people about, like, a dancer or something. And, like, no one knew what she was chatting about. And then she spoke to my mum. And then apparently, um, yeah, this is my ballerina was still around, basically, watching um, like, looking out for me, apparently, and I'm like, she needs to do a better job. <laughs> if you're here, Angelina Ballerina, if you're here, please um, continue the good work. Yeah. I think she, I think she has looked after you. Yeah. Could be he. Sorry if he's sexist. Well, I think ballerina implies a woman. Not a ballerino. <laughs> These called b- men, men ba- ballet dancers. Oh, didn't know that. Okay. Um, I, I didn't have any imaginary friends. I had a very... I had a lot of imagination. Yeah. I often, like, went into the garden and just, like, acted out a movie. Yeah. And they were really embarrassing movies. I remember my brother... Shrek 2. ...had actually... No, they were kind of, like, made up. But I remember my brother had actually been watching me the whole time during one of these. And I, felt, <laughs> and I was kind of a bit too old to be doing this, but I was, I was acting out a perfect dark movie... A movie based on the N64 game. <laughs> About this, like, cool female James Bond type character. <laughs> um, but I I find Imaginary Friends fascinating because, once again, my mum, <laughs> the queen of gloom, the uh, um, she always talked about her imaginary friend. 
And so when I decided to do the story, I rang her up and said, hello, how are you? Yes. Anyway, can you talk to me about your imaginary friend? (laughs) And she said that she's going to ask my grandmother some more information because she doesn't quite remember it. But she says that her, her imaginary friend was called Punk. And I said, tell me about Punk. And she said, he was just a very, very old man who was kind of boring. It's like, like the worst. What? I just imaginary friend ever. I find that image really creepy. Yeah. And said that he lived in a like a cottage that was always really stuffed with stuff. So he's like a hoarder. This sounds like a dead guy. I don't. I mean, it does sound a bit like a dead guy. And the fact that like, mum seen two other ghosts. I'm yeah. like, no, I'm not convinced. Mine was a imaginary friend. Yeah. Just because I feel just like yeah, like the distinction between. The other things where I knew I imagined it, whereas this I just remember them being there. Yeah. In a way. Like, I only vaguely, like, I don't remember things very well, but the fact that I would just sit there and talk to them. Also, I just think there's, like, I don't know if, I don't know much about you, but is a ballerina something you'd imagine? No, I didn't really care about ballet. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you were obsessed with ballet and you always wanted to be a ballerina, yeah. then, of course, your imaginary friend would be a ballerina, but... Yeah, it wasn't anything important in my life. Like, I did it briefly at school, because we had to, but I didn't like hmm. it. Anyway. Sorry what? to derail your story. No, no, I wanted to. I've got a, I got a, a bolded thing, which oh. is like, let's talk about my new <laughs> friends. Okay, so one day, Isabella was playing in her living room. Living in her living room. This <laughs> <laughs> child's got a life of Riley, isn't she? <laughs> was in the living room while her mother was in the kitchen. The mother heard a crash and rushed through to see that a statue that's usually in a glass cabinet was smashed to pieces on the ground. Isabella was stood up, looking cross into thin air and saying, Emily, that was really bad. Her mum was going to be really cross with Isabella and tell her off for lying. But when Emily's gaze span from where she was standing to the door with fixed and precise movement, it gave the mum chills. <sighs> It looked like she was literally watching someone. Someone quite tall. She decided um, to ask Isabella, why did Emily do this? And Isabella said, she doesn't like you. (gasps) Isabella continued to act strange, singing to herself and and talking in a conversation in her room at night. She began singing, Mary had a little lamb at night in her room, even though her parents had never sung that to her. Kids, kids just know. They, they can the, pick things up from tellings, yeah. other kids. and. Where I was reading this, the parents were really creeped out by that. Who's been singing nursery rhymes to my little baby? <laughs> um, Where did you know that Mary now was a lamb? Where did you know that song? Okay, um, <laughs> the parents started getting the feeling of being watched. Occasionally, they felt tugs on their shirt or hair. One night, Brian saw a shadow watch him brush his teeth, which dashed away when he looked at it. <sighs> Another night, Isabella refused to have a bath that had been drawn for her. When her mum got cross at her, Isabella said, Emily's mummy hurt her here. <sighs> her mum asked her to stop talking to Emily, and Isabella replied, I don't know how. <sighs> The family took her to a paediatrician who told them that a lot of children, especially ones that are very intelligent, do have imaginary friends Mm. and it's very normal and Isabella will stop talking to her eventually. 
And she did. She stopped talking for a while. Until one day. I don't know why I even put that break in. But until one day... That's so dramatic. They returned home from being in the playground together and they found all of their framed pictures in the house face down on the ground. Hmm. The family started getting angry, but not with Isabella. They started to believe that there was a presence in the house and they could really feel it was real. One night, Isabella screamed in her room. Brian rushed up to her room, opened the door, and caught a glimpse of a white face looking in from the window. You're liking this one, aren't you? Uh, Creepy children. Yeah. Scared for Isabella's safety, they sent her to stay with her grandmother. While she was away, they decided to redecorate her room with rainbows and Wizard of Oz imagery. Um, so it is slightly gay. Yes. There's, there's representation wherever you look. Um, even though it has to be quite squinting. Um, <laughs> there's a rainbow! <laughs> Isabella was delighted when she came back to see her room. but And they left her in it for a, a brief moment. And heard a noise. <gasps> and came back and found all of the furniture smashed on the ground. No! The family was furious. Um... But, again, she said it was Emily. Well, surely a little girl could have smashed a whole load of furniture in, like, five, five minutes. Yeah. Mm. Little girls can easily smash anything. Uh, one night... So the grandmother was staying with them now. And one night, um, when the grandmother was bathing her in the bath, Emily said... Uh, Isabella said, Emily wants me to go out the window with her. <gasps> so the family... Screwed shut her bedroom window, um, scared for her safety. Um, Isabella started getting quieter and sadder and more isolated, and the family in general was miserable. Um, until one night when they couldn't find her. She went in the TV. She went in the TV. No. They searched everywhere and eventually heard her making noises in the basement, a place she had never been in, which is usually locked. They opened the door and found her at the bottom of the stairs on the ground. And she told her that... She said that Emily dragged her in there. Mm. So, they hired a medium. They're hired? I said they hired a medium. I was like, <laughs> how's that going to help? Um, the medium came in and began walking around the house, staring into the same corners and windows and at the attic, just like... Um, Isabel. Isabella had done. Um, as she was walking around, she started humming Mary Had a Little Lamb. They asked her what Emily wanted. So the parents asked the medium, what does Emily want? And the medium said, he wants you to leave. He? That's what the parents said. He? But Emily is a girl. And the medium said, no, he's not. What? She also said that he wants you to get rid of the Bibles in the house. <laughs> Uh, they did the family in the thing I was watching were like we only had three bibles only (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway poltergeist activity started increasing over the next few nights Um, candles exploded should have kept the bibles yeah I know like don't give it what it wants bibles help apparently get more bibles line your walls with bibles yeah bible shield it's always something I found quite amusing about how much respect um, Muslims have for the Quran mm. and their religion, but 
if Christians could wear Bible pages yeah. as a dress, they probably could. Um, some Christians, not all. Hashtag not all Christians. Um, <laughs> podcast, uh, Isabella's toy started flying across the room. Um, and this is... Okay, so when I was picked you up from the station, I said that there was, I was really enjoying the story and it was really creeping me out, but there was one element which, when I was researching it, I was like, come on. <laughs> and it was that the, it said that Brian, the father, started acting really violent. Yeah. Which I'm like... Sounds like a man. It sounds like a man. I'm like, mm, you're going to blame that on the ghost? Mm, it sounds like... But like the mum was like, oh, I've never seen him act like this. It oh, was I think all... it's out of character, I guess. Yeah. But she could have just been lying, saying that to cover up her husband's behaviour. This is me watching The Shining. I said, mm, you just need to act violent. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Um, but the family, uh, after... In a very explosive night in which everything was going down, voices, mm. things flying off, a proper poltergeist night, the family left the house and moved in with the grandmother, and they sold the place. However, the new owners only stayed there a few months, and the house has not been occupied since. Which is why I call it a ghost of Christmas present, because He's still it could there. still be ha- haunting. That's really weird about... I don't get why it's called Emily, but then he said it's he. So... So do you think it's, like... I think it's... What? Oh, I think the shadow freaked me out. Oh, God. <laughs> we're actually, for once, we're recording this in the dark, like, lit by light. Like, little light. I mean, everything is the dark, lit by lights. <laughs> we're, we're actually a little bit spooky. Can I just say, I wrote this one last night. Justin was out. I was watching the... The episode of the spooky show it was from and writing things down doing other research and I was constantly freaked out like there was so many like noises and creaks and I tried with the lights on in the living room uh, in the landing or whatever and then lights off and neither was good and like <laughs> ugh it was so stressful these are like book reports but they're just even worse um I think the, the theory is that it's a malevolent spirit. Oh, which, so it appears as whatever. Well, I thought it was that it pretended to be a little girl... To get in with ...to become girl. its friends. Because when it started, the, uh, Isabella quite liked yeah. Emily. Yeah. So getting getting trust with her yeah. to try and then get them to leave? I yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, I was a bit disappointed nothing, like, wrapped up. But then that's why movies are like the way they are. Yeah. Not haunting. Mm. Oh, well. I think that's probably one of the spookier ones I've done. Yeah. Ten- I tend to be like, in 1853, <laughs> the ghost appeared. Ha ha ha. In 1854, <laughs> it appeared again. But this time it was blue. Um, <laughs> may I do more modern ones. More yeah. Radical. That's why I, I when I was looking for, for the one from last week, the Toys R Us ghost. <laughs> um, I specifically searched for 90s ghosts. Ah, 90s ghosts. So I was like, this will be interesting. And it took a few edits of the search to find that show and then find that picture. I wonder if it's like... Well, I was about to say that... You know how UFO sightings went down as more people got cameras? Yeah. Um, I was going to say that like, maybe it's kind of true with ghosts and that the more people have phones and stuff, the more it's more like poltergeists and stuff. But mm. there's actually always stories of, and yeah. like photos being 
I think I showed one of you recently, the ghost in the background of yeah. someone's photo at a castle. Which is always hard to gauge, because mm. people also do just walk around castles, but mm. sometimes it's... Sometimes they're chilling. Mm. Oh, I've got to mention my story. I first saw it on... Um, oh, what's the show called? It Oh, Ghosts of Great Britain? With, mm-hmm. with, no, um, presented by Michaela Strachan. Um, which is a really weird show because like it's all these spooky locations from the sort of clips I saw but she presents it really smiley and it's almost like <laughs> what like us <laughs> yeah but like not even that she wants I don't know like she's in the actual actual place and she's it's as if she's like presenting Blue Peter or something <laughs> it's like oh someone died here um, it's just slightly unnerving <laughs> <laughs> I, I mine is from Paranormal Witness, my trash um, ghost show, which does always require you to then Google and yeah look things up because some things are super embellished. Yeah, that's why. So I have in in this one, they f- they found um, the daughter in the basement, but in Paranormal Witness, they're turned away and like the basement door opens and she gets dragged in, which is what she said happened, but. Yeah. It's always just good to, like, learn what it is from the people experience yeah. its perspective, like, what they actually saw, rather than... Yeah. ...what the show wants to do as a, funny expe- <laughs> as a funny special effect, <laughs> a horrifying special effect. <laughs> Lol, um, child in the basement. <laughs> um, cool. Um, should we do an email? We have an email. Um... From friend of the show, Ben. Let me find it. I don't know if this... I, don't, I haven't read this. So I don't know if this is a... Um, a true ghost story. from A ghost experience. Yeah. Or a... Um, a piece. <laughs> it, it looks more like a, a, a spooky written... Something Creative like endeavour. Oh. Looks interesting. Do you want to... Yeah, I'll recite... Work. Actually, I think it's a list of rules. Ah. Oh. Maybe we should do alternate ones. Yeah, there's um Let's take it in turns. Okay. So this is Rules is <laughs> There's one sheet of paper with one like page thirteen. <laughs> the most pointless one. <laughs> three words on. Okay. Um Rules for staying in the Banderfort mansion. Okay, the Banderfort estate takes no responsibility for any physical or mental harm suffered while staying at the Banderford Manor. All guests are responsible for their own possessions. Be, hey. sh- <laughs> Be sure to bring food and plenty of water. The water from the taps isn't safe to drink. The heating does not work, but can be temperamental. Oh, it does work. Sorry. I'm really good at reading. <laughs> the heating does work, but can be temperamental. And if it does short out, the boiler room is in the basement. Do not, this is underlined, do not go into the basement after sunset. <laughs> no smoking. Well, fair enough. All property, including furniture, cutlery and all other items, are still possessions of the Banderford estate. Taking these off the mansion grounds is theft. Do not attempt to steal any items as souvenirs. If we don't find them, they will. Mm. Using cameras and camera equipment is encouraged. However, do not use devices to annoy other guests. If you can see something in a mirror but not behind you, it, it is not to be trusted. 
God. Do not follow the whispers to the pantry in the kitchen. Nothing good ever comes of it. Samuel. <laughs> Despite what the writing says, carving a big smile never made anyone happy and only leaves a mess. That, that's very vague and I don't like it. Uh, do not... Do not enter the children's play area from the hours of nine to midnight. Do not enter the ballroom after the hours of midnight till sunrise. If you feel like there is someone behind you, do not turn around. Ask if there is someone there. If they do not respond, even if you can feel the breath on your neck, do not turn around. Just keep walking until you pass a threshold. Whatever is in the attic cannot hurt you so long as you do not go into the attic alone. Despite what she says, you cannot make either her or the family whole again. Guests have offered up all sorts of things, themselves, people, possessions, children, and so far nothing has satisfied them. They've offered up their children, doesn't... These people. If you are in distress, the servants' quarters are usually the quietest part of the house, with the exception of room three. If you are staying in room three, be sure to remove all sharp objects from your person. The study is an excellent room for entertaining, however every so often the master will turn up. If he does, simply stop what you are doing and form a circle linking hands. Close your eyes until he goes away. If you find someone has disappeared from the circle, they open their eyes. <laughs> God. No running in the halls. We hope you enjoy your stay at the Vanderfort Mansion. There is a gift shop at res- reception. <laughs> where, where is this place? This was sent to us with no explanation or no Maybe you context. Maybe contextual Google. I quite like it. That's a piece. Mm. I really want to stay in a haunted hotel or castle or something. There's one in Rye. <laughs> I'm sure there's more than yeah. that. But yeah, I just... When I start... When, like, when we started, I was the kind of person... I've never seen any ghost. I've never had any ghost activity. And I really didn't want to. Because I have a very good imagination. Like, I can't turn a corner without imagining the most horrible thing there. But now I just really want to. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I've become more of a ghost hunter now than I ever was. Well, we're going on, um... That's not really ghosts, but we're doing that walking tour in January. Yes! That sounds exciting. Mm. We'll probably do a special report from, yeah. from the front line. On the... <laughs> from the boo boo sea. From the boo. Oh god, we are reporting dead from the boo boo sea. <laughs> um, yeah, I I'm, I I want to do more things like that. I want to do more ghost walks. And yeah. Spooky chilling spooky things. things. And maybe Exorcist play if I remember to so Google it properly again. Yeah, I don't know how long that's showing. I think Seems it's like till a... March. Okay, that sounds cool. Yeah. I want to do a theatre ghost soon. Yeah, they're always good. Anyway, this has been the Poltercast. You can... I'm I'm sorry, I'm sounding very official now. You can contact us at thepoltercast at gmail.com or at thepoltercast on Twitter. Um, We need to thank Graham Waller for our music. Graham Waller of Glitter Wolf, who I should be thanking every episode, but I always forget. Um, Glitter Wolf have a new album out. It's called Spectrum. You can buy it at Bandcamp, or you can listen to it on Spotify, and it is great. That sounded really unconvincing, but (laughs) I've actually listened to it. I've heard bits of it, and it's some solid bops. Yeah, if you like our theme music, which 
you have to. Yeah. I think that's mostly why people listen. Mm. Um, be sure to check out Spectrum by Glitterwolf. That was my <laughs> radio voice. Sure. Now that's what I call music. Now that's what I call music. Coming up next on the Poltercast playlist is The Monster Mash. <laughs> <laughs> and Thriller. And Ghost Town in that order on loop. And I've, I've forgotten all other spooky songs. The Adams Family theme song. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! The Adams Family. There it is. From the Adams Family Values credits. Um... But until next time... Rest in peace. That was quick. Sorry.